both shine. If I What's going on, world? And welcome back to the Pursuit of the Good Life podcast, where we talk about how to enhance your relationship and crush your professional goals. I am your host, the Cameron Lovelace, joined as always by the beautiful, intelligent Dr. Sarah Benson. Sarah, what's going on? Nothing much is going on in my world, Cam. Um, You know, I'm excited for this. For this podcast, this is a special show for me. Uh, what's going on with you? Um, for me, I'm feeling real good right now. So um, for those of y'all who don't know, we are really adamant about um, post high school preparation yes. and creating. We created a curriculum over the summer. And so I have the opportunity to implement it um, at a setting. And today was a really good like session today. We good. talked about. We talked about legacy and talked about, you know, basically how their parents, they got to reflect over like what their parents and what their grandparents, like what they've learned and how to basically stand on the shoulders of that and, you know, continue to build on what their legacy or even. And it was kind of hard because some of them didn't like like what their, you know, what their parents have done for them, like when they actually like sit and look at it. So but it was really good conversations. I do it with some juniors and seniors. So it's, it's really good conversations, insightful, really getting them to really think outside of the classroom. So I'm in a great mood, um, just came from that. But uh, I'm a little drained, because you know, they asked some good questions. Of kind of some they're kids. kids. Right. That's great questions. And they asked some deep questions, like example, what, one of the questions that was asked is, so what do I do if uh, I got a lot of holes in my legacy? And I was like, oh, well, I said, well, you take that, what you do with that, you, you take, you look at it for what it is and you see the, what you don't want to do with that. Cause okay. he, cause his basically was like, he said what he saw in his lineage was that the older ones always messed it up. And then like the last one always figured it out because he, they, they grew up seeing the older siblings mess up, right. but he's the older sibling. So he was like, so I don't want to do that. Gotcha. He's like, I see a pattern here. I don't like it. So I'm making sure, what do I do about that? I said, you don't repeat the same mistakes. Clearly. Clearly. That was a good answer. That was a really good answer. Exactly. So questions like that is what I was getting. So I was like, ooh, these are great. (laughs) So, um, but I'm in high spirits. But this is a special episode because today, as of today, as we're recording this podcast, it's February 12th, which by the time this podcast comes out, it will be a couple days before somebody turns the big 3-0 the season finale is over you ain't 20 no more okay. you you old you gotta, you gotta start oh. you gotta start planning your retirement you gotta- <laughs> not old i don't think i will ever be old i think old is like a state of mind uh-huh. um so how are you feeling now that you 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 creeping out of your 20s is the train is is rolling i actually feel really good like i feel like i am getting to um, that part of life where you've hit your stride and you just, just becoming who you are. So I feel good about it. I'm not afraid to turn 30. Well, good. We're going to dive deeper into that. But first, it's still Black History Month. It is our favorite So month. we're still going to start off with the Black History Fact Moment. Sarah, yes. take it away. So our Black History uh, Fact Moment, uh, I would like to say the inspiration 
for who I picked actually came from Cameron's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as you all know, I just graduated last year with my PhD. And my dissertation, I uh, wanted to interview um, strong women, like professional women. And so I had the pleasure of sitting down with Cameron's mom, who was absolutely amazing. And one of the questions I asked her was um, to name three women that she admired, mm-hmm. who she felt were just like powerful women. And one of the ladies that she names is the lady I'm going to highlight today. Okay. And so our Black History highlight, her name is um, Jane Boland. Um, and the reason why she is important is she is the first ever black female judge in the United States. Okay. And I wanted to highlight her, her because oftentimes during Black History Month, um, we do talk about like the civil rights movement. We do kind of talk about things that, you know, was hard. So we had to do sit-ins. We had to do all these things. But I wanted to highlight somebody who was putting in some work before the 60s. And so uh, Jane Bolin, she was born in 1908. Um and and she lived in New York City. And so a little bit about her, some highlights. So she graduated high school in a, uh, in her mid teens. Mm-hmm. She started college at Wesley College, and she graduated in 1928. So she was able to go to yeah yeah yeah. Wait, wait, wait. you said she was born in 1908. She was born in 1908 and graduated college by 1928. Yes. So she could have been like 19 or 20. Right when she graduated college, right? Yeah. She then went to Yale Law School, and in 1931, she became the first African-American woman mm-hmm. to graduate from that institution. From Yale. From Yale. She went to Yale, which is a big... So, you guys got to remember, this mm-hmm. is like the 1920s and 30s, right? right? Okay. Um, so, after that, she was in New York City. She was able to get the position of corporate counsel, corporate counsel for New York City, mm-hmm. um, which is a big deal. The first African-American woman to do that. But the most important thing was in 1939, she became the first African-American female judge. She was sworn in by the uh, mayor of New York City. And so while she was serving, so she changed policies that were, um, well, segregationist policies. She worked with First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. She... um. She just did a lot of great things. And oftentimes we don't get to highlight people like this because we really don't know. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was really great to um, learn about somebody who, before we even had the civil rights movement, she was working, you know, on a systematic level to change things for black people. That's awesome. Like I said, I never heard about that. So yeah. I hope I hope you guys who have never heard about it were enlightened today. Um, but that's like... That's amazing. Like, boss move. You said she graduated from high school when she was a mid. So she was she had, in her teens. She was in she her graduated. teens. Had to be. If It takes at least, well, I won't say at least. If you go the normal track, it takes you four years to finish a college degree, which right. means she got into college when she was, like, what? Like 16. 16? Yeah. Which, that's kind of that's kind of consistent with, uh, would you know, with Martin Luther King, you know, he, gradu- mm-hmm. he graduated college, I think, when he was I don't know if he was 16. I had to I had to he look at the young. fact. He was younger than he was, most people graduate. He was real young because he had his PA. He was like yeah. doctor by his 20s. Yeah. Like easy. Um so I wonder, man, that's 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 crazy. Ain't that cool? That's really cool. So so those of you who want to be a black judge, go look after her inspiration. So but right, let's dive right back into the topic of the other side of 30. So, you're the you're the senior here. <laughs> it's the senior citizen here. Wow. <laughs> so, so jealous. 
got to give it to you. Um, but for real though, what what is what is it that thirty kind of represents? Because I think a lot of us have mixed feelings about the age of thirty. Well, mm-hmm. those of us who are either teen, either teenagers or early twenties or mid twenties, we kind of have this fixation of oh my gosh, thirty. Like oh my life, my life is is almost over. And it's like oh I, I got to get my life together. I got to get. I ain't married yet. I ain't I ain't did all that. And really, it shouldn't be that way. At all, it shouldn't be that and way. And it's and it's so it's there's a I've I've been told obviously because I'm not thirty, but I've been told that there's a there's a certain sweetness to like thirty, and so a lot of people kind of liberate themselves mm-hmm. like in terms of like personality, maybe gaining more confidence, knowing more of themselves. So Sarah, what 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 is it that you that you can speak on that? So it's really cool because I had to make a list because I had to think this through. Mm-hmm. Um, but for one, I do agree with you. I think that there is this like negative perception around just getting older in a sense. So like the closer, when, like when you're 20, the closer you get to 30, it's like, oh my God, I got to have my life together. I got to have, you know, like 60 million in the bank, you know, something like that. And even when you get past 30, like there's like this, this perception about turning 40. Um, but for me, I was looking forward to turning 30. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I have been looking forward to turning 30, because for me, I feel like 30 is like, it's like the next level in a sense. So like in your 20s, you are still trying to figure yourself out. You just got out of high school. You know, you're finally feeling kind of like an adult, but you still kind of like still do like real childish stuff. But I feel like once you hit 30, you should kind of know just a little bit more about who you are. You probably know a little bit about where you wanting to go. Um, and it's not so much of a struggle um, figuring that part of life out mm-hmm. to me. That's how I feel about 30. I feel like 30 is, okay, I know these things about myself. I know what I'm trying to do in my life. I can just go do it. Like I've laid the groundwork. I'm done with school. I've gotten all that out the way. Now I can just go be an adult. Mm-hmm. But you said, but you've also spoken to that before, as far as post uh, post school. Yes. So does yes. that? So there. So is there still one hundred percent excitement in that, or is there still a little bit of fear in that? About turning thirty, or just being post school? Really post? Well, post school and turning thirty, like combining that whole mindset together, because uh, this is your first year, full year out of school, coming yeah. May. Um, I think for me, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say fear. Um. More or less, still a little uncertainty. So, so for me, I feel like I'm still on the job market. Um, I feel like I haven't really just like put my roots down yet, mm-hmm. and so I feel like I'm still in this place of trying to figure out where I'm gonna plant. Mm-hmm. In a sense, so like typically, what people do, so once you graduate, you'll get a job and you'll you'll plant your roots where you are. And by planting roots, I'm saying you know. Um, being involved in your community, possibly starting a family, you know, joining a church or joining other organizations and really being like a productive member of society in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, um, because I'm still figuring out what my next step is going to be, um, I haven't quite reached the planted part. So I'm still searching where to plant in a sense. Okay. So Whereas a lot of people struggle with that. Help mm-hmm. help somebody who's like maybe a little insecure about that. Cause the thing about turning well, really aging, I think yes, aging. as a whole, is that we kind of unfortunately, we compare other people of course. in their 
situation and where they were and where they turned at 30 and where they were at at 35 or at 40 and so where we where we as kind of as a society kind of compare whereas other people's 30 is they've already they've already been married for a couple years they've already got three kids out the way um maybe now they're starting to really flourish and then for those of us who are struggling maybe struggling at 30 or I won't say us because I ain't struggling. But for the people who might be like on the come up still, they yeah. still got the potential. Maybe they maybe they haven't went to school. They they haven't went to school. Maybe they ain't even got a college degree for the first time, mm-hmm. let alone a PhD. Or maybe they haven't even they're not even dating right now. Maybe they they're on the bounce back right now, or whatever the case may be. So what 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 can we say for thirty? Do we feel like okay, thirty like you really 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 need to get your itch together? Mm-hmm. I- necessarily say it like that i think for those who might be struggling i really think you just have to understand that if something is for you so so thinking of the terms of maybe a career or a relationship or if you feel like you have to you know have certain things by 30 um if it's for you that's what you desire like it's not going to miss you so like you don't have to compare you're 30 to somebody else's 30. Because one thing I do know is that everybody's on like their own journey. And so I can't compare where I'm at at 30 with the next person um, because I don't know what they've gone through to get there. I don't know like their path. I don't know if somebody's helped them. Um, But what I, what thing I can do though. um, And I think that for people who are struggling with turning 30, you have to just embrace where you are right now. And know that it can change. And so turning 30 isn't a death sentence. Um, so like, even if you are turning 30 and you have not gotten a degree, if that's what you desire, you still have time. Mm-hmm. Like just because you've reached this age doesn't mean you can't do that. Like I know people who are in their 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and they have decided to go back to school. Um, so there's still time to reach those goals um, in a perfect world you would have everything by 30, right? I think at 22, I was like, you know what? Um, like when I graduated college, like, you know what? I'm going to get married in a year. I'm gonna have two kids before I'm 30 and I'll be good to go, right? Honestly and truthfully, that was crazy because first of all, <laughs> first of all, as we're talking in a couple other episodes, at 22, you still a baby. Well, to me, when I think of 22 now, mm-hmm. I think of it as, first of all, I'm just going to put on my uh, education psychologist hat here. Use my degree. Your brain does not complete formation until 25. And so it starts. So this part of the brain, the uh, prefrontal cortex, this is where your decision making is, controls emotions, all of those great things. It starts its completion at 18. Mm-hmm. It does not complete until 25. I guarantee every person that's listening, if you are over the age of 25, um, especially those who have hit 28, I guarantee you can look back over your life, look back over your 20s from 18 to 28. Mm-hmm. Um, the decisions you made between 18 and 25 are completely different from the decisions you make from 25 and up. And the reason why, the reason why is because one, your brain has completed its uh, formation. Mm -hmm. And now instead of being so impulsive or so much emotionally led, Mm -hmm. you're actually starting to think about those things and not saying you can't think about it. It's just Mm -hmm. not your go-to. I'm a prime example. 
Um, I'm a person who's very passionate about life. I feel my emotions. And before 25, if I felt it, you were going to feel it as well. (laughs) And so I was the type of person... You're going to be angry. Exactly. If I'm happy, you need to be You're going to be happy too. If I'm sad, you need to be sad with me. If I, when I was like dating um, during that time, if I felt like something was off, you know, whatever it could be, mm-hmm. you're going to hear about it. I'm going to text you like, hey, I feel like da, 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 da. And the person's probably like, what? Like, what do you mean? I just didn't text Wait. you back. And I'm like, oh, you got somebody, you doing this, you doing that. If you don't want me, tell me, oh, right? Sarah, you one of those girls. I was one of those girls until I turned 25. And I was like, you know what? That's crazy. You ain't got to do all of that. This man at work, he ain't got, he, 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 he got to work, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, so, yeah. I'm glad we can keep it 100. That we can, <laughs> we, that we can really, like, be honest here. Like, look, yeah, when, I was, when I was a young 20-year-old at such and such time and place, I might have been a little crazy, and I, I, I'm glad that we can speak to that. But yes. also, but definitely, you when you're on that far end of thirty, because we when we talk about the other side of thirty, this side of thirty yes. is a is a growing process. Yes. And so you know when we let's say when we turn eighteen, you know we we're like, yes, I'm an adult. It's we're time to adult. it's no. time to be independent. It's time to grow. It's time to do this. So my personal theory. And I'm going to speak for the male perspective okay. or the male experience because I can't speak for the female experience. But I have this theory okay, and theory? it's called peak dumbness, plum, peak plum, dumb. plum, plum dumb, if you will. <laughs> I think I've told you a little bit about this, but the plum dumb theory is basically for the male is that we reach a certain level of just pure stupidity, like okay. pure, just bad decision making. Like when okay. we, and when we just look back, it's just like. What in the world was I thinking thinking when I made these decisions? Whether it is something reckless or whether it's somebody that we're dating or whether it's something, an educational decision or whatever decision it is, we tend to make like our worst decisions in my experience and like me observing and getting to know people. This what that sweet peak age of peak dumbness, plum dumb, if you will, is the age 19. The age of 19, after you've been a year, you're still exploring, you're all this good stuff. And really, that's the last, that's your last age of being a teenager. teenager. And I think there's just a certain, I think like age 20 is when you start to, well, maybe not age 20, but age 20, you make less dumb decisions. So like you still might make dumb decisions. You still might deal with dumb people. You still might be in a toxic friendship with somebody who is. Our relationship, but I'm gonna speak to just the, I'm a, we we went on the single folks last week, so I'm gonna say on um, the friendship here on yeah. this side. So you might be with a friendship who who with somebody who's not going to class or somebody who's just staying at the house smoking dope or you do, do it and you gonna do it with them or you might not even support them but you still have them as a friend or you got those friends who are still in your hometown when you done moved on and they're not doing nothing to progress their life. They're just staying here, getting people pregnant, having babies, getting married, all this good stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you are not on that same thing, then you need to move on. But I digress. At the age of 19, you're still in the midst of that. And you haven't really experienced life to that point to where, well, you try to experience life and then you end up peak dumbness. Now, like I said, at 20, it starts to, I think, go down. And I think at like 22, 
to your point, I think that's where it's like, okay, I've been been an adult for at least four years now. Mm -hmm. I I went through the 21 phase because a lot of people like say, okay, now I'm I'm going to go, I'm going to do all my partying, I'm going to drink some more, I'm going to legally drink as much as I want, and I'm going to do that, and then they realize, hey, you know, being drunk all the time, like, it, it, ain't, it ain't what's up. So that's why I say at 22, that's kind of that sweet age where you're just like, okay, now it's time to seriously start thinking like an independent adult. Yes. So I, I, I definitely think like that early, early adulthood yeah. is definitely, to your credit, like the, the formation of the brain. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> transitioning through that all the way through, through 30 so the late, so that's that point you're, you know, you're in your late twenties. So you've gone through that, that mid twenties phase where maybe you've had maybe a crisis where you, maybe you've, you've been in a career for a little bit. You realize, okay, I don't want to do this no more. So I want to try to change something different. So maybe you've started to look at other options. Maybe you've gone to grad school, finished grad school. Maybe you're in your PhD program or whatever the case may be. Like you're in this, you're in this kind of this where you're still figuring it out. Yes. And so when you reach the age of 29, well, it's really 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, I think at that point, most people, and I can't, I ain't saying most, because if you ain't in this category, don't feel offended. But I think in that category, a lot of people, let me say that, you kind of somewhat have it together on like what it is that you kind of want to be doing with your life as a whole. And I'm not saying you can't figure that out at say 22, but I think that's just a more likelihood because you've been, you've been through some things. You've been through something. You've been an adult yeah. for at least ten years at that point. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I think I think once you hit about twenty eight, so twenty eight, twenty nine, you say like twenty eight through thirty two. Um, yeah, I, I I do agree. I think once you hit that place, you do. You may not have everything figured out, mm-hmm. but there are parts of your life that you have figured out. And so, and I think depending on the person, it's a little bit different. So, for example, you might be someone who you have met the love of your life. And so, you guys have gotten married. Mm-hmm. And so, between 28 and 32, you're starting to have children. Like, that's a part of your life that's figured out, mm-hmm. right? Um, you might be somebody like... Um, You've been in grad school, you got out, you're in your career. You love your career. Mm-hmm. That's a part of your life you've gotten figured out. So, I feel like that or you could be somebody who you just reached a place of like just full acceptance of yourself mm-hmm. and so you just embrace who you are and you're living in your truth you're living your life um mm-hmm. and you're okay with who you are you're more than okay you're happy with who you are as a person mm-hmm. you know you recognize that if i want to lose weight i can lose weight if i don't i don't like you know <laughs> like, I if, mean, I'm the, if i'm the mid if i'm the middle of the pack i ain't no beast and i'm just like you know what the love handles they make me look sexy right. it's like it is what it is you know you 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 hit this space of the opinions of other people no longer have such a big influence mm-hmm. on who you are what you do where you go you know, because you, you just reach this place of acceptance of like, you know what, this is really my life, you know, and I, and you you tend to take more control over your life. Agreed. So. I absolutely agree. And it's, I don't know if, well, I can't speak, like I said, I, I don't have too many male friends that are in that, like, in the age group where they're like post 30. Yeah. But from the, the women, I surprisingly have a lot of female friends that are older. But what I've noticed is that with the women, like they, like you said, that kind of that confidence yeah. in the in the self acceptance. Like there's there's like a confidence that you just get and that you attain and that you just realize you're just more. I think you said it like accepting 
of who you are. Yes. And that is, and I wish we would experience that earlier. I, I know I definitely didn't experience that personally until about 22. Like fully like accepting like, look, I'm a, I'm a good man. You can either rock with me or not, or hate, hate me or love me. I'm still going to be who I am and I'm still going to tell you the truth, but I'm also going to be there for you. And I'm just the type of person that I am. And I recognize that we got to go through different experiences to get to that point. But I, I find that with the, the women that I've encountered that are older and reach that age bracket and really that maturity just happens where it's like, you know what? I don't need, I don't necessarily need a man to be happy. I don't necessarily have to be married right now to be happy. I don't necessarily have to have kids or have it all together to be happy. I'm happy with who I am. I'm still willing to push forward and go towards those goals that I want to hit. But it's just a level of, I'm going to accept who, who God has made me to be. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful person. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think what happens with women, because um, I know I definitely dealt with this. I think because when you were going through your 20s, um, society, especially Southern culture, it... It's almost as if they brainwash us from like a very young age mm-hmm. to believe that like you need to marry young and have kids young and your family needs to be your life and you need to do all of these things. And so it's almost as if we get to 20 and we're like, it's like this this clock is ticking, right? And so like you have this clock ticking and you're like, okay, I need to marry somebody. I need to find somebody. You know, I need to get all these things done while also trying to get a career, you know, because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's almost as if we tie our worth into that idea. Um, but I think what happens is once you reach about 25, 26, 27, 28, and like if you found somebody great, and even if you found somebody early, like you're still going to get to that place where it's like, you know what, like I need to like me, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what happened, because my self-worth, who I am as a person who God made me isn't tied to whether or not I have kids. It's not tied to whether or not I get have this career. It's not tied to mm-hmm. whether or not I get married. This is just who I am. And so, but it takes, it takes time to get over that hump, mm-hmm. especially, like I said, if you're in Southern culture, um, the way as big as social media is now, right? So everybody mm-hmm. only posts their highlight reels. And so you'll believe that like, Every other 25-year-old is getting married. Like, I promise you, I kid you not. 2015, I felt like it was so many people getting married. Like, so many things. Um, but that's just that's just the age range we're in, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, once people hit about 25, that's when they are starting to get married more. You know, that's when they are starting to have kids. And so, if you aren't careful, you could look at social media. Right. You could just fall into that trap thinking they're like, oh, my God, something's wrong with me. Like, I need to be married before 30. I need to have kids before 30. Like, something's wrong with me. But the reality of it is there's nothing wrong with you. Right. Like, there's literally nothing wrong with you. You know, you're literally on your own path. Um, But I think when you finally get to that place of like, you know what? This is who I am. I love me. Um, I love what I'm doing. Um, Like you said, whether I have somebody I don't like, I'm still a great person. Um. But it does. It does take us a little while longer to get to that. I agree. Now, for those of y'all who appreciate Sarah and her comfort and her sweet words of all that good stuff, now that's that's great because sometimes we gotta comfort you before we before we before we really get on you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little fire to to this because for some of you, 
you you've reached the age of 30 some of y'all like 35 and you still in the same place like a lot of you are still like stagnant whether that's in your career whether that's in your spiritual life whether that's in your personal life like whatever the situation is i think some of some of us in 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 our pursuit of the good life can look up and like time can just get away from us and you are just you looked up and you've been stagnant you're in the same place you're not you're not where you're not even close to where you want to be like you have you've had a business you've been sitting on a business plan for 10 years now and they executed on it you're sitting in a place of like the lowest not necessarily the lowest level but you you know you're not farther you know you should be farther in your career than where you are be because you choose to be either loyal to the job or you don't choose to step out on faith and so for those of you who are in that side of the 30s who maybe you've been 30 for a little while or you're about to turn 30 and you look up and you look at your at your birth certificate and you look and you see you know I'm about to be up there in age and I don't like where I'm at because there are there are people who like legitimately and Sarah looking at me crazy because I'm like ain't nothing wrong with being aged and I get that but some of us we don't like what we've done to this point some of us have wasted like time maybe we've wasted time in the streets with women or with men maybe we've you know we've been in the military for eight years and we got honorably discharged in the middle of it and now we ain't got nothing left or maybe we're in a whole bunch of like we got a whole bunch of debt in our in our back pocket and we just don't like the circumstances that we're at to this point so for those of you who are in that situation i encourage you now to get some fire behind you and stop playing games like stop stop playing games and really get after what it is that you're really trying to do if you are you know musically inclined or you're artistically inclined and you're like man i just never got to launch like i really did in my 20s and you know really chase and go out and be an actor like i wanted to it's it's not too late to go chase after your dreams even at 30 you are still very much pretty young even if you if unless you are trying to be a professional athlete you can pretty much go and still pursue anything because if you i mean honestly if you're in your 30s and ain't made it to the league yet Hang it up. I'm just saying, just go ahead, hang up the cleats. You're not gonna make it to the NBA. You're not gonna make it to the NFL. There if you ain't made it yet, yeah, there are alternatives. There are alternatives. But you ain't gonna make it to the to the nationals, like if you ain't made it by age 30, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Take what you've learned, take take that, and apply it to something else. Like, I'm not saying get a job, but I'm saying apply that to a different skill set or whatever arena you need to do to really prepare yourself. To success so guys stop playing games and just start stop making excuses and go forward with it stop stop using your oh it's too late or stop this or whatever that yeah so not, there is no limit to what god can do in your particular situation and i'm sure there are plenty of success stories where people bloomed late i know there are, i think there i think there were a couple my favorite director yeah, she started when she was like four. I was, I wasn't right. sure. There are plenty of people who legitimately did not start something and are right. now famous until after thirty. Right. So do not look at your age as an excuse of, oh well, you know, I'm thirty now, so I, I'll just stay where I'm at. You know, it's just I, I'm pretty yeah, decent. I'm never going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay in my comfortable job, or I'm gonna stay in my comfortable city. I'm never gonna move. I'm never gonna branch out. I'm never gonna take the leap of faith. Stop it. 
Like you are on the other side of 30 now. So get it, get it done, go after it, do what you need to do. Especially if you got kids. Like yeah, if you, you want to leave a great legacy, as I was talking earlier in the show, you want to leave a great legacy. Like you want your kids to look up to you and say, you know, mama, daddy, they might've started late. They might've had to, you know, take a back seat for me. They might've had to, you know, make some sacrifices because we had to make sure we were taken care of. But eventually my mama and daddy, they went out and did what they had to be do. They did what they had to do to pursue their dreams or create the lifestyle that they wanted or take what they've done and then take it to the next level. And they didn't use, they didn't use complacency as, as an excuse. So that's my fire to Sarah's little comfort. You got any other notes? Uh, for that, yeah, I do. Um, so when I thought about like the other side of 30, it really made me think about just things that I um, have learned over this past decade. And uh, I would love to share those things with you all. Um, mm -hmm. Well, before you do that, I just want to share something. So there was a, a funny, not a funny, but a funny kind of outlook at our church for people because we had like, four people like back to back to back to back to back like turning 29 so all of them decided that they were going to call it their season finale that was so funny to me like like their 29th it was like it's our season finale so i said finale finale so for those of you who are turning 29 consider that for your brillo birthday party go ahead sir uh, so these are just a few things i've learned over the last decade um the first and the number one thing I have learned uh, in the last decade is that uh, Jesus is real. Mm. Um, he really does love and care for me, and he literally works things out for me. Um, and I started with that because, so I grew up in the church, but I wasn't in the church, if that makes sense. So, like, my dad's a minister. Uh, we were at church literally seven days a week, but uh, I was baptized, all that great things. Um, you looking at me crazy? Yeah, no, we were. I'm looking great. I'm just like, I can't imagine. Yeah, we we were we we were at church or did something seven days a week, but like my heart was so far from God that like I really didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord yeah. okay. until 22, and it was at that moment where like I really and truly like everything I had kind of heard before mm -hmm. began to make sense. Yeah. And I began to have my own personal relationship with God. And like ever since then, I can literally see just a change in just the trajectory of my life, um, just how things have gone. Um, and I said that to say that he's just real because I think we're at this day and this day and age where a lot of people attribute things to like the universe or to like things like that. And so yeah. I have like seen this whole conversation about crystals. And it's always so interesting to me because I'm like, we'll attribute these things to like these inanimate objects when really like like i can give an example so like the, the whole crystal issue people feeling like these crystals heal but i feel like you're giving this power to this rock when you have the power inside of you right you know what i mean but that's a whole other conversation right. um but i said all that to say that one thing i have learned that jesus is real um it's not just some fairy tale it's not something that mama talk about grandmama talk about like when you come into the full knowledge of who he is and the relationship that you have like your life literally changes mm -hmm. um the second thing i've learned is that self-care is not selfish it's love um that's something i had to learn within the last year um, I'm still learning that because I spent most of my twenties caring for everybody else and not the self. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, where did that lead you? It led me literally <laughs> on a slippery slope, uh, all the way down. Mm-hmm. And and I'm recognizing that um, in order to, I mean, everybody says the same thing. Like you can't pour from an empty cup, a empty cup. But that is so real. Like there's nothing wrong with helping people, but you need to help yourself first. Because I can't give you my best if I am not my best myself. Mm-hmm. So um, something else that I learned was that, I, and I've been saying that boundaries before burnout. Yeah. And the reason why I said that boundaries before burnout, because once again, this is something I've learned in like the last two years. Um, I had zero boundaries in any area of my life. And because I had zero boundaries, when I should have been saying no, I was saying yes. And I was literally on the way to burnout and that there's nothing wrong with setting boundaries. And that's with everybody. Boundaries with your family, boundaries with your friends, boundaries with the church, boundaries with your job, boundaries with your person. Like boundaries are healthy and boundaries will keep you from feeling and getting into burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that I learned is just quality over quantity. And I say that pertaining to friendships. Um, Cause I can honestly say that over the last decade, like on the other side of 30, um, just the quality and quantity of friendships have changed. Um, I think that, when we are in high school, we have this idea, oh, I need a bunch of friends, right? I need me a crowd of people. I need a bunch yeah. of friends. And we will create friendships off of the weirdest things, right? Like you'll have a friendship with somebody because y'all both dated the same person or, you know, I'm just saying like just weird stuff. Um, or y'all both hate the same person. So now y'all besties and we're going to hate this person together. <laughs> and so. And, and it's crazy because our parents will be like, why are you friends with this person? Right. This is my best friend. What are you no. talking about? Not at all. And so, but as you're going through your 20s, um, I feel like your friendships, I feel like that's something we really don't talk about, but your friendships also go through a change as well. Mm-hmm. So like you begin to, when you begin to recognize like your place in people's lives and their place in your life, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm pretty sure most of us have dealt with people who we've given our all to, but it wasn't reciprocal. Um, and then, and so I'm learning that it is the quality of the people and not the quantity of the people that you have, that if you have a solid core, even if that's one person, but just somebody who's going to celebrate you when they're going to celebrate you when you're up and they're going to be there for you when you're down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you need in your life. Cause there are some people who only hang around for when you're down. And the reason why they only hanging around because seeing you down makes them feel better about themselves. And so... Yeah, you don't want those people in your life. Um, but it's definitely the quality. Um, something else that I have learned is that people don't care about the process. They care about the product. And so, and I have learned that with just in life. So like, so think about this. So when you buy something, if you bought a car, you don't care how the car was made. You just care that the car drives. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't care about the nuts, the bolts. You don't care that they engineered this thing. You just care that it drive and get you to point A to point B. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with life. Like um, when you're going through something, people really don't care about that. They do care once you become the doctor. Like now everybody there. Once you're the doctor, everybody's there. Everybody's celebrating you. Everybody kicking it. They want to call you up. They want to do stuff. Sarah, is that how you feel? I'm just saying. But no. But. When you're going through that process, though, like the times where you need something, like people aren't as 
people aren't as understanding as you would like them to be, right? So like sometimes people don't understand when you have to do something and they don't understand what you're going through. But everybody understands when it's time to celebrate. Mm. So that's something I have learned. I'm going to pause you right there because you know what that makes me think of? What? That makes me think of all these people who are waiting on me and Sparkle to have a baby. Yes. They don't care. They just care once the baby get here. They ain't going to be there when you need to uh, bathe the baby, right. feed the baby, right. clothe the baby. Take the baby to the doctor. Take the baby the to the doctor. No. They just want to see the baby. They don't care about child care. They don't care about that. They just want to see the baby. Mm-hmm. They don't care. It's the truth, though. It's very true. It's, it's the truth. Yeah. Um... Something else I've learned, this kind of goes back to the conversation we talked about, just acceptance, is that I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I am somebody's tequila straight. <laughs> I know. I like that. I like tequila. So the reason why I say that is one of the things I've had to learn um, over the years is that I'm me. I'm different. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not going to like me. And I say that to say, everybody's not going to like you. It doesn't matter how nice you are, how many children you feed on the weekend. Um, It doesn't matter how many dogs you save. Everybody's not going to like you. Mm. And that's okay because guess what? Somebody will. Mm. Somebody's going to like you. Somebody's going to love you. Somebody's going to appreciate the things that you do. Mm. So you just have to accept that everybody's not going to like you. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you if everybody doesn't like you. Now, let me interject here because we're going to add a disclaimer, unless you're trash. Unless you are just a trash human being out here, like not doing nothing right. You were you're a bad mother, you're a bad father to your kids. You ain't doing nothing right. You're late every day. Unless you're just a trash human being like some I won't even this ain't even a political podcast. But you guys know who I'm talking about when I say a political trash human being. Yeah, but. If you are a trash human being, you should. I'm just saying. You might not be a couple. You if you ain't if you ain't nobody's cup of tea, and you were just a trash human being, you need to change. Then, but anyway, nevertheless, that's a my caveat. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. The next thing is life happens. Feel it, then let it go. Um, one of the things that I have been recognizing this year is that. Um, a lot of the reasons why I have done things the way I've done them in the past is because I always was referencing my childhood. And so I think sometimes we will get caught up in what happened to us when we were younger um, and use that to drive us to do certain things versus letting that go. And so for me, I, um, I had to recognize that I'm not that little girl anymore. That yes, that happened. I acknowledge that happened. Um, but that's not who I am now. And I need to let that go in order to get to the next level. And so oftentimes, like I say, like like life happens. Yes, it was hard. Yes, you went there. Yes, that person left. Yes, um, you lost the job. Feel it. Mm-hmm. And then you got to let it go. Mm. Because life is still happening. Mm-hmm. You still have to go. You still have to reach your dreams. You still have all these other things. And if you don't let it go, it's just only going to hold you back. Right. Um, the next thing, I think I said that, if it's for you, it won't miss you. Um, and that's in life. So that's whether it's a job, relationship, friendships, 
whatever. If it is for you, if this is what God has for you and it's for you, it's not going to miss you. And I think oftentimes, like I said, I think we get caught up um, in the world of social media where we're seeing everything else happen for people. Mm -hmm. And we think we get anxious because we think, well, it's not happening for me and not even really realizing like where you are in life. And so I can give you an example. Like I said, 2015, 2016, 2017, it just felt like all these people were like, I felt like everybody around me was just living life. Like everybody's like getting married, they're having kids, they're going on trips, yep. they're doing all this stuff. Like they're working, and and I'm just here, I'm in school, mm-hmm. working two jobs, mm-hmm. you know. And it really took me like these last few years for me just to recognize that like it just wasn't my time right now. But that if it's mine, it's not gonna miss me. There's nothing you can do to miss what is for you. It just has to come. FOMO, huh? FOMO, right, fear, fear right. Miss fear missing out. Like you don't have to have fear of that because. When when you do get these things, when you do have them, everything will make sense as to why you you didn't need it mm-hmm. at the time that you wanted it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that I have learned. Um, and then I also learned to don't be afraid to don't be afraid of love. And I say that because we live in a society where we are afraid of love, and that could be like love in a relationship, or love in a friendship, or just love. I don't know. For some reason, we just equate love's like a weakness or like you don't want to be vulnerable or you don't you're afraid somebody's going to take advantage of advantage of you but i have learned that like love is the thing that we need like you need love you need care i don't care who you are um you need somebody to care like god created us for connection right he created us for for relationship and we get into these spaces where we isolate ourselves or we feel like everybody's out to get us or you can't trust nobody. What they say, you know, trust issues and, you know, I'm a date six, six and seven people. So I ain't got to trust one of them. Or I don't have to be vulnerable or I'll have all these different friend groups where I'm a different person in each group so that nobody really knows the real me. Cause I'm afraid that if y'all know the real me, you guys won't accept me. Right. But you need love. You will be so surprised how much people love you. Or how much people care the moment you allow them in. You know, I was having a conversation with uh, one of my success coaches um, who has always just kind of dealt with things. And they always felt like they were kind of bullied and like people would exclude them. But it's really interesting that when people try to exclude them, they would say no. Mm. And I had to tell them, like, listen, like. People generally care. And if somebody's asking you something, if somebody's in trying to invite you somewhere, if somebody's asking how your day is, they're not doing that with ill intentions. They really want to know. But because you're so used to the wrong or the bad, you'll close yourself off from people who are generally trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing that I have learned is just to turn up your light. Um, and I think this is just me coming into the acceptance of myself, mm-hmm. knowing that, um, I am extra, I am country, I am all of these things and I absolutely love it. Um, and I have spent too many years dimming my light, um, to accommodate other people mm-hmm. when in reality, and this is just in general, whether that is at work, whether that is in relationships, whether that's with friends, um, I can even pinpoint to being in a third grade and turning down myself to make other people comfortable. But I'm at this place now that y'all just gonna get all of this. Either, like I said, either you gonna like it, you gonna love it, it don't matter. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we do ourselves a disservice when we aren't 
when we don't accept who we are and when we turn down ourselves to make other people in the room comfortable. Like, be who you are. If, you, if you're just that great of a person, maybe they need to see that. Maybe they need to see you a great person so they can step their game up and be great people, right? Um, maybe they need to see somebody who's different. But I know for me, um, I know that's something that going into 30, like, I'm just going to be me. And I don't care who cares at this point. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think I think when you get to 30, mm-hmm. you just kind of get to this place of, you know what? I spent most of my 20s caring for everybody else, mm-hmm. trying to make the right decisions, being a people pleaser. and But now I realize that this you only have one life. And I think it's the fact that, I think it's me turning 30 and the fact that so many tragedies that have happened this year that I've just become more aware of how short life is that I know when I when I leave this earth, I want to be able to say that I used every gift God gave me. I used every idea he gave me. I helped every person he put in the, my path to help. I loved every person I was supposed to love. I did everything. Like, I don't want to leave earth. Full. Huh? Full. You said full. Full. You don't want to leave it full. You want to leave it empty. Like, yes, I want to leave it empty. I want to leave. I want to be able to say, I want my legacy to be one of, you know what? She did the best she could do. Mm-hmm. And she helped as many people as she could in the process. And so, um, and that's what I'm going to do. And I, I accept that. And whether or not people accept that, whether or not people do that, um, because I've learned that sometimes we will make decisions based off of the perception we think people will have. Mm-hmm. And, so it's, and so it's like we don't want to be perceived a certain way. Or we don't want them to perceive this a certain way. Not really realize they don't really matter what they think. Like, are you happy? Like, that's what I ask people now. Like, when people come to me, whenever whenever somebody comes to me with a decision, whether it's for work, relationship, or anything, I ask them, I was like, well, do you like it? Is that what you want? Mm-hmm. You know? Is, do you like this person? Like, like how, how do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like oftentimes we, we make decisions or base decisions off of what other people want and not what we want. Mm. Do y'all realize the fire she just dropped for y'all right now? Do do y'all really realize? Did y'all hear her? Like with every all the gems that she she said, this is thirty. That sounds like title of a book. Um, but absolutely, I want to touch on a couple of those, okay. which was the the fear, kind of like the the feeling like you've missed out. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people can can feel like that mm-hmm. in the middle of their twenties. I know, I know, I I think I felt like that for a, for a, for a hot for a hot minute for a couple couple years because I had because you know I had aspirations of you know you know being a speaker from I guess from when I was really like twenty three I was like okay I got a message and I'm really trying to say it uh-huh. but at the same everybody time everybody trying to hear my message I need to start a podcast I need to do YouTube I need to start speaking I need to do this this that yeah. and I realized now is that God had to take me through a process. Before he could put me on that platform, yep. he had to equip me and empower me through some things and allow me to go through it before I was ready mm-hmm. to do that. So for those of you who maybe just got to 30 and you look back over your 20s and you're like, you know what? I learned a lot. Like I may not be exactly where I'm trying to go, but I'm way. But I learned something. And I'm way, way further than when I where I used to be. Mm-hmm. Not just physically, but mentally emotionally. and emotionally and spiritually. I'm just in a different 
space than when I was then. And mm-hmm. the thing about the thing that's funny about God is that God is not going to give you something that he knows 100% sure you're going to mess up. Nope. He I mean, right. If he, if he has that, if you are really like walking with him, I can't speak for all those people who are not, but if you were really walking with him, he's going to make sure that you are prepared and he's going to send like tactic. He might send, you know, or allow, I won't say he'll send, he'll maybe allow a bad person to come into your life. So when you, so when the great person comes to your life, you'll you're, appreciate you're able to appreciate them and love them and know what not to do. Because you've already gone through that little bad season. Because you've gone all that season and you've gone through that, that mess up, which leads me to another point that you said, basically about allowing love in your life. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people need to hear this in that maybe you have not found the person who you are meant to be with because you've never changed your environment. Yeah. So I'm challenging everyone who is like progressing, um, especially moving on into 30, come out the clubs. Come out (laughs) of the clubs. Like stop going to these same places. um, Expecting to get get different results. You're you're literally being insane, Sarah. Like you literally being insane you say you want to be a wife you say you want to be a husband you say you want to do this say you want to do this but you're doing the same thing with the same people over and over and we're recycling people (laughs) um or you're dating the same type of person yeah i think what happens is we are afraid to be open Mm -hmm. because i think so another piece of this is i think we get in our head just Mm -hmm. this image of what we think the perfect person is supposed to be like, what they're supposed to look like, what they're supposed to do. Mm. Not really, not really allowing like God to like help you with that mm. or like show you different. And so we get this image and we're like, well, where are you going to find this person? In the clubs. That's where you're going to find them, right? Not really realize this might not be what you need, honey. That, that picture ain't worked <laughs> out so far. Right. So that picture ain't worked out. It over and over again. But so, wow, that was another... That was a gym, huh? That was a gym right there. I'm telling you. Like, you got to change. You got to change. Yeah. You got to be and be open to change. To, to let the love of your life, like, walk into your life and, and give you what you need. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I th- and and I'm saying this to say that, and even sometimes you really don't even know what you need until you, like, open yourself up to, like, the possibility of love mm. and open yourself up to the possibility of of like getting to know someone. Mm-hmm. I also think that like we're such a like like once again taking it back to like just this idea of being on this clock and you get to have all of these things that like we're so quick to get to the wedding that we don't even take the time out to get to know the person. Right. You know, because we we see everybody else getting married or we see everybody else having these things that like we just we just jump with, with the first person that come along and it's like no you can't do that. Um you have to be open to getting to know a person because then you'll find out some things about yourself. I can give you a prime example. I didn't know that I needed somebody to talk to me uh, from a place of care until I got with Ken, my boyfriend. Now elaborate. So, um, and so I mean by place of care. So like um, in my past, whenever there was like a disagreement of some sort, like even, even with my dad, um, I've always just kind of felt like, that person was just really harsh. And so like, I've always just expected like harsh from a person, like from like in a relationship, mm-hmm. I always just felt like if, if I need something then you're going to be upset that I need it, 
or mm. it's going to lead to an argument or something. And so like mm. um, an incident happened where I needed something and I um, told Ken about it. And I was like expecting him to like be mad or just like just come at me from like a harsh place because that's what I've been used to. And he didn't do that. And it was in that moment that I was like, wow. Like, so this, like, like he, he, he mm-hmm. literally handles me with care. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even really recognize that that's something that I've needed. I needed somebody to handle me with care. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that's not even coming from like a relationship standpoint from just in general. Cause like I've only ever dealt with harshness, even from mm-hmm. like my non romantic relationships. And so that was such a different feeling. Um, and I like that feeling. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Um, but I would have never known that if I had just been just so close off to just getting to know somebody, mm-hmm. you know, just letting somebody in. So, okay, I got you on that. Okay. Um, so yeah, open yourself up to love, open yourself up, open yourself up and change and also change your environment. If you yes. have been, like, and, and don't do necessarily, it ain't got to be as dramatic as you know dropping the club completely because then you're going to lose all your friends and all that good stuff. But like, do something different. Like, go go to a different Starbucks. Yeah, go to a different Starbucks. To, to the one that you've been going. Like, change your routine up. Instead of going to the club, maybe go on vacation. Yeah. Just be open. And, and just be open to just new possibilities. It, mm-hmm. it don't even have to be relationship. It could be new friendships. You know, it could be new friendships. It could be new job opportunities. It could be... It could be new experiences. It just could be new experiences. I think I think we get so close off mm-hmm. or that we close ourselves off because we're only used to certain type of things that like when something new comes along, if a new person comes along, you know, that's on no new friends, you know, <laughs> that we, we, we miss out on blessings. Like God will literally send you blessings in disguise. Mm-hmm. And because we'll get so close off, we won't even recognize it. We won't recognize any of it because I'm telling you, I got some really great people in my life and I'm grateful for all of them um, and just the things that they've done and just the care and the love that they've shown me. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you know, be open right. and be happy with you. Absolutely. Well, that's about all I got. Um, it's really Sarah's episode. She's the one about to join the Senior Citizens Club over here. Yeah. You know, I gotta poke fun though. I can't until until I hit thirty. Right, and you'll be thirty in what three years? About three years. About three, three years. years. You know, and we'll we'll get them back. Um, but well, no, my theme for this year is actually Hello Thirty. Hello Thirty. Hello Thirty. I'm embracing all things Sarah Lee this year. Well, let's let's end it on like, what are your goals for in this new season of your life? Because I know for me, like for example, I know I have a major goal of like wanting to eliminate like financial freedom. Yeah. A financial freedom for me is like the goal. I didn't, I just don't believe in the mindset of I'm gonna be paying student loans for the rest yeah. of my life. I rebuke that mindset. I, I do not accept that at all. And I'm pushing and believing that by thirty I'm gonna be out this thing fully financially free okay. and able to even make bigger investments. And I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna have like Purse like debt that I'm gonna have. I might have like business debt, like real estate properties, right, or, right, right. you know, stuff like that. But not like personal like debt. Like that's out the water. Like that's that's my goal as far as like entering thirty. So that's why my hustle is definitely like picking up. I mean, it's it's already up there, but I'm like definitely picking up 
the closer I get to 30. But I know that's really a personal goal, of course. And of course, have a couple of kids. That's that's just my personal goal. No. It ain't got to be yours. No, no. I'm, I'm already married. Been married a couple of years now. So. <laughs> right. So I guess um, to end this with some of my well, some of my personal goals um, is is to really uh, plant my roots. So I talked about that earlier, like, and so by planting my roots, I'm talking about um, getting secure in my career, um, of course, marriage and starting a family. Um, those are two of my like really big personal goals um, that I look forward to in my 30s um, and definitely giving back. Um, there is this theory, um, and I'll end it with this. There's this theory that once you reach like middle adulthood, you begin to start wondering like what your legacy is going to be and like just giving back, um, and preparing the next generation. And so for me, I think about that constantly. Um, I just feel like the Lord has blessed me with so much knowledge Mm -hmm. and so many experiences that it would be a shame for me not to share that. And so that's my goal for their 30 is to give back more, um, to love more, plant my roots and, Mm -hmm. Give my mama some new, some more grandbabies and a son-in-law. Child. <laughs> I don't, I don't, she may ask for grandma. She loves She out of pocket. Yeah. But please, what, what episode was that? What were you guys talking about that? I'm trying to remember which episode. Like that episode one. That was probably. episode one? Yeah. When they said, when you going to get married? No, yeah, no, that no, was no. episode. They was like, when you going to get married? And then it changed from when you going to get married. Right, and we going to have some kids. kids. Right. I'm like, child. Anyway. <laughs> right. She's a little out of pocket for that, but. Love Mama Benson. Yes, I love my mama. She's in, and she's been satisfied. My nephew's too, so oh, he getting the job done. I got. You. Is there a granddaughter yet? Granddaughter. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's only a little boy. She, she only looking for that video. Yeah. <laughs> but um, nevertheless, hope you guys love this episode as much as I did. Hope I mean, are you guys taking notes right now? Because we dropping, well, we dropping gems. We dropping all the knowledge for free. You ain't gotta pay for this. This is this is this is free content we're giving to you every single Thursday. But um, do us a favor. Number one, number one, follow us on Instagram at pursuit underscore podcast. Um, we're gonna be beefing up a couple things. I've discovered some apps, kind of do the little audio clips here and there. So we'll be we'll be beefing up the content. So definitely make sure you want to pick out there. We'll also be taking questions. I forgot to post a question today in case all that good stuff. But we're still building up the followers right now. So yes, it's like, it's okay. But make sure you follow us. Um, subscribe to this podcast on, we are on Everywhere. 10. We are on 10 podcasting, streaming platforms. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox. We are on you, and of course on YouTube as the extra bonus for the live episodes. Um, so yeah, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Share this with somebody who really needs it or who has gone over thirty and maybe they're in you know a little depression right now. But share this with somebody who can use it because yes. this is fire. Or if you're not almost thirty, like these are just some good life lessons. Right. This is this was just an awesome episode. Yes. But until then. Keep pursuing your version of the good life, and we will see you next week.